Maximum Health with your host, Dr. Ken Gray. Dr. Gray obtained his master's in both acupuncture and oriental medicine from the Atlantic Institute of Oriental Medicine. Dr. Gray enjoys both being a physician as well as being an educator. His unique approach to holistic healing has taken him abroad to lecture in Germany and treat sports professionals in Hawaii and France. He is co-author of several books on food therapy. His office is in Jupiter, Florida, where he has practiced for over a decade and where he resides. Now it's time for Maximum Health with Dr. Ken Gray. Welcome back, everyone. This is Maximum Health Radio. We are also a podcast on Apple Podcasts. I am Dr. Ken Gray, holistic physician, and we're about quality living. Thank you for joining us. And we have Mr. Sam Sila in the room. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Um, so, among other things, and I want to get to what you do and why one of the many reasons you're here, but the, the first reason I want to talk about, which is um, an inspiration to me, is we go to the same gym. Correct. Yeah. See there quite a bit. And, um, you know, I try to go and then I also work out with my kids. I've got one daughter on the weightlifting team at her high school. Um, and all I know is that whenever I feel like I'm not going to make the next set or the next rep or go f- as far as I intention myself to go, I look over at you and I get inspired, I get pushed, and just by your presence. And one of the reasons is, is that you're missing a hand on your left side, on your left arm. Yeah, um, uh, results of a combat injury in 05, and then uh, making a, de- a tough decision in 2008 uh, to have it amputated. So okay. it's presented a, quite a few challenges. Right, but you have these attachments that you wear, and you're pushing, you're doing Olympic lifting, you're not just doing bicep curls or anything like you're doing <laughs> olympic lifting which is hard and for any people that don't know what that is you look up overhead squats you look up clean and presses clean and jerks i mean pretty much the hardest things you can put your body through you're doing on a day-to-day basis yeah i'm real fortunate uh, my prosthetic company prosthetics emotion out of new york um, they custom build uh, prosthetics that you know i can pretty much come up with anything i want to do um, we'll sit down and, and template it and test it, and then they'll go out and fabricate it for right. me. And uh, so far, they've been spot on. I'm um, not really limited in much. Right. Now, your background is in the military, and there's obviously some core beliefs and core systems that you've uh, you've instilled in yourself that you also do on a corporate level and on a sports level uh, through leadership development and team building through something called a program. So we're going to get to that because okay. th- these are all things that – uh, obviously, just by your presence, you help people. But being part of a, a huge corporation, you're helping tons of people all over the world and, and tons of corporations. So um, give me a little bit of military background, and thank you for your service. Well, thank you. It's that. a pr- yeah. privilege uh, to, to serve. Um, enlisted in uh, 2001, right after 9-11. Um, made a, a choice right after the attacks to... Um, kind of reevaluate my life and uh, give something back, uh, be part of something bigger. Um, I made some poor choices uh, prior to that and I wanted to do something different. So I enlisted in 2001, um, served with the 1st Cavalry Division out of Fort Texas, and I worked in Army Special Operations. Uh, ended up serving tours in Iraq in 2004 and 2005. 
2005 is when I was uh, caught in an ambush. Uh, during that time, I was working with uh, the, both the 1st Cav and, and 5th Group Special Operations. Um, and um, was, uh, you know, evacuated after the ambush and then um, hospitalized at Walter Reed for a few months. Um, and then ultimately in 2008, I elected my left hand amputated and ended up retiring uh, from the military with a medical retirement in 2011. Mm. And so, and, and all of that obviously brought you to where you at some point decided to take all these principles and, and uh, drive that you had with the military and into something called a program. Yep. What happened uh, there? How, so how was that transition? Kind of, a, kind of a long story is after I, my hand was amputated, I'd. I dealt with some medical issues, um, you know, quite frankly, depression, um, addiction to pain medication, and I was battling through that on top of the injuries. And one way that I found to get past it um, was endurance racing. So I started racing, um, you know, triathlon, bike racing, running, um, and I was pretty successful at it. And the same reasons I joined the military, I, I thought, hey, well, if I'm making an impact here, um, you know, it, it's working for me. It's getting me back to a healthy place. Uh, you know, it's bringing me from the front lines to the starting lines. This may work for other people, especially men and women that have, you know, suffered some injuries. So I, I started uh, raising awareness with the Challenge Athletes Foundation and, and really started racing all over the world to raise funds um, for, you know, men and women that have been injured. Mm -hmm. uh, that turned into an introduction to Eric Kapitulik and the program um, where he just had started the company and... Um, it's been 11 years now, and um, I've been able to still continue doing some racing and outreach uh, with men and women, uh, you know, in the military, but now really uh, be able to share our stories, our experiences with, you know, the top college athletes, coaches, and corporations in America about those principles that have allowed me to go from the front line to the finish line. Mm -hmm. The um, Now, personal achievements include a few Ironmans. Correct. You've completed. How many? Uh, three. Three. Including uh, Hawaii, the World Championships in 2010. That's huge. Yeah, it was, uh, Those things are basically the hardest. Yeah, the hardest um, yeah. it's a long day at the office for sure. The <laughs> uh, great thing about yeah. uh, completing Ironman Kona mm -hmm. um, is that once you do it, it's, it's on yeah. your resume forever. So. And for those of you out there that don't know about Ironman, it's, it's, it's like an obstacle course for superhumans. I mean, it's <laughs> to be, I mean how, how many hours? It's a 2.4-mile swim. Right. It's a 112-mile bike race. Right. Uh, and then a marathon, 26.2 miles. Right. Uh, all in the conditions of, you know, wherever you're at. Right. So it's just every part of your body gets worked. Yeah. You're, and, and it's just huge. And, and I mean, finishing it, a lot of people don't no. finish it. Um, no, it is, um, it's definitely an experience and one that um, I'm thankful that I had the, the opportunity to experience. Yeah. Now, high altitude climbs? Yep. Uh, I've summited all the highest peaks here in the continent of the United States. I've summited uh, Mount Kilimanjaro, mm -hmm. um, still do try and, um, my goal is to climb, you know, three or four of the seven summits. Mm -hmm. um, so one, it's expensive and it's time consuming. Um, but yeah, I'll eventually get to, uh, Aconcagua in South America would be my next mm -hmm. uh, climb if I was going to do one in the next, you know, and, you, and you've done this all by how old are you now? I'll be 47 in June. You're just two years older than me and I've done none of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and some would say, well, you're doing other things, Dr. Ken, but you make me want to be better. Thank and, you. and you're helping people as Thank well. You. So, Thank you. Uh, and that, that's, I don't care what you're doing, yeah. um, as long as you're, you're changing and helping people, I think that's uh, yeah. that, that's kind of where I put my focus well, now. Thank you for your inspiration. The, uh, so, so now, getting to the program, 
you mentioned that you're helping corporations and sports. Let's talk about some of these corporations. They're huge names. I mean, there's like Deutsche Bank among them. There's been like yeah. some serious um, world-class Fortune 500 companies. Yeah, we've been really fortunate uh, to make a have a footprint in the corporate world and mm. the athletic space. Mm. And it doesn't matter what team it is, um, what battlefield they're on. Yeah. Uh, we just challenge teams and teach teams just to be better team leaders and better teammates. Mm -hmm. um, and really challenge themselves to get the proverbial that much better. If you took your thumb and your index finger, you put it an inch apart. Um, because we recognize that everyone has talent. Um, talent just lets you be successful on your chosen battlefield. But when each of us on a team commit to getting that much better every single right. day, um, that'll give us an opportunity to compete for championships on those chosen battlefields. So, so what is the program program's program <laughs> look like when you're standing in front of people like Fidelity? General Electric, UBS, even to, you know, big uh, household names like Kind, you know, Kind Bars. Yep. I mean, that, that's something my kids eat those bars, <laughs> you know, uh, for energy before workout or before competition. And, and you're, you're, you're the one that's helping to instill some core values into these companies to operate better and operate, you know, yep. as a better team and produce, uh, at least achieve their goals yeah, we, um, what we teach is um, if you're in a teammate role, which we all are at some point in our careers, um, come in and, and meet the standards set by your organization, do your job every day at a high level, and then have the courage to hold your teammates accountable to those, those standards. Uh, for most people, holding one another accountable is a challenging act. Um, and, but we, or holding yourself accountable, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That, that's first. Yeah, Because I, mean, I think a lot of people want to point the finger, and they call that holding others accountable, but point of finger isn't really all you know yeah, all that helpful it, it does help if you're a thumb guy first right um, right 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 if you're a thumb guy first that definitely helps mm -hmm. um, but there's so many people in organizations that do do their job at a high level and then what they do is they cross their fingers and they hope that other people see them doing it and they're just gonna go about doing it too mm -hmm. hence the term leading by example which makes us furious um, because we don't, we don't believe in that. Um, just because you do your job doesn't make you a leader. No, it just makes you someone that's doing their job. Right, right. Um, but the minute that you open your mouth and you take the next step, you hold them accountable when they're showing vulnerabilities mm -hmm. um, that make things that make us vulnerable or they're showing things that make us better, force multipliers. Because right. uh, you got to hold people accountable both ways, uh, you know, ne negatively and positively. Mm -hmm. uh, the minute that you do that, now suddenly you become a great teammate. Right. Now, you, you guys show up. Right, you and your teammates, the part of the yeah. part of the program, you show up, and you sh you show up in front of Fidelity or someone like that. Take us on a step by step. What does it look like? Do you are you doing physical, uh, uh, you know, uh, demonstrations? Are you putting them through grueling exercises? Is it all mental work? Is it all talking? Like what is it? Or is it a combination of all of that? Uh, so, Doc, what, how it looks is we give a presentation about what standards we're going to hold them to and what our beliefs are about being good teammates and good team leaders and how we go about doing that. Uh, and then our experiential training is it's outside. It's, uh, it's physical in nature because it's our belief that you grow as a leader and you grow as a team when you're outside of your comfort zone. Okay. So we take teams way outside of their comfort zone. Okay. Um, now, that level of comfort is, is based on uh, you know, our clients. So... Uh, Nebraska football is going to look a lot different than, you know, um, time bar. Um, <laughs> I can imagine. You know, so uh, for some people, just doing an air squat, you know, right. is uh, outside of their comfort zone. Right. But all our experiential training is the same. The level of physicality changes a bit. Mm -hmm. But that's the only way that we can create that uncomfortableness because everyone can lead when it's 70 and sunny. Right. Um, but that's not when we need you. We right. need you when it's not. 
Right. Um, so we try to create those uh, environments where it's not, where communication becomes challenging, uh, holding each other accountable becomes challenging, attention to detail becomes challenging. You know, all of those things that we talk about every single day in the office, in the, in the boardroom, you know, in, in the planning room, um, we try to recreate that as much as we can. That attention to detail is key, isn't it? Absolutely. I think that's the most challenging piece because it's so easy to cut corners. Mm-hmm. Especially um, when you're stressed, under stress. Yeah. Uh, especially when you're, you're, you're having success. Mm-hmm. Uh, the truth is, when you're having success, you can afford to cut some corners. Right, right. But eventually those corners catch up to you. Mm. Um, so, um, yeah, it, it's real easy to overlook that stuff. But um, the habit of doing things to standard, um, we think that's a championship habit and something that makes us that much better. And so when you look at, you said the difference in the physicality, the presentations are pretty much the same. Absolutely. The, the, the core values that you share, the examples, the ways that they will have to. But there's also stages. Correct. And I, I, when I watched some of the videos, there were things like judgment days and yep. different judgment days. Tell us about that. So on the athletic side, it's called judgment day. Yeah. Um, we have four services. Um, first one is log pole judgment day. Uh, which is the baseline of, of, you know, being a good teammate and good team leader. And then year two or the next service would be small boat judgment day where we, you know, we use inflatable boats and, um, you know, get teams out on the water um, with, you know, positive buoyancy life jackets on and all the equipment that you have with uh, setting up military style boats. Uh, Then we have combat mindset, which is a little more physically demanding where one point of the training, um, one of your teammates ends up in the ring with one of us. Um, which is never fun for them. Um, but once they start to communicate effectively and figure that piece out, it's not fun for us. Um, and then lastly, wilderness challenge where we take a team out on, you know, some open terrain, a mountain, um, and we we go through a military-style uh, movement where there's some leadership reaction courses along the way. So um, the messaging is always the same. Um, the level, the delivery of adversity and the level of it, that changes uh, service to service. Now, we talked about some of the corporations, but what about some of the sports-oriented? You mentioned, you know, football, but you, you're doing college as well as professional. Yeah, men's, women's. Um, yeah. We work with, uh, you know, we work with Detroit Pistons. We worked with the New York Jets for a long time. Um, so, yeah, we work with the biggest names in college sports and, you know, a handful of professional teams as well. What are some of the biggest challenges with them? Uh, for me... Obviously, I think men are going to be different than women. Yeah. Um, Question mark. The one thing that I really, truly enjoy about women's sports, um, especially basketball, softball, I mean all of them, there's still purity in the sport because they're not, there's no next level other than the Olympics, right? And you go, okay, the WNBA, but you, you know, maybe now with the new contract they're finally gonna make some money, but even that is so challenging to make a WNBA roster. So to me, women, uh, women athletics, they're still playing it for the true love of the sport, so the purity of it. Um, you know, football and, and Men's basketball, every guy thinks they're the next, you know, J.J. Watt and, and LeBron James. Uh, so guys see a bigger picture, and, you know, every guy thinks they're going to the NBA and the NFL and, and the league. Um, every guy also doesn't understand the work that it takes to get to that level. Um, so there is a lot of more resistance um, with our training when we have those type of uh, attitudes. So you have to break that down in a way? Yeah, I mean, it's conflict resolution, so we try to, um, you know, identify it as quickly as we can and, and break it down and understand that it's this is not an emotional thing this is a, a passion passion driven uh, this is mission focused mission oriented um, we, we don't have time for your emotions right now this is about getting the job done and getting better mm. 
That's got to be hard for some of them. It is. It, it is, yeah. and it's. Um, I like to think I'm. I'm good at it. Uh, we're good at it. Um, we don't get through to everyone, but the truth is, on any organization, I don't need to get through to everyone. I need to get through to those uh, key influencers mm -hmm. on those organizations. You know, it was, it, when I was learning about the program and and all the work that you all are doing. I thought, man, these are things that parents should be teaching their kids. And as, and I'm, say, as I'm saying in my head, uh, one of the instructors or, or, or key uh, speakers was saying the same thing. It is like parenting. Uh, absolutely. You know, um, um, you're filling in where maybe parents, uh, either their lessons or what they were trying to do uh, didn't break through. Yeah. Or maybe parents weren't present. Yeah. <laughs> and the kid, the, these now grown-up kids didn't get it. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we speak a lot about that. And, you know, one of the things that we, we hear a lot about, um, especially in the in the college world, is, you know, coaches will throw around kids these days. Yeah. Um, and we hear that, you know, everywhere we go, kids these days, oh, it's kids these days. And we take great offense to that because right now, uh, kids these days are leading men and women up a mountain in Afghanistan and, right. and um, in some of the biggest conflicts in the world. Right. Uh, I think the thing that's different is parents and teachers and coaches these days mm. uh, we make too many excuses we yeah. allow too many shortcuts everyone's a winner um and quite frankly um there's a sense of entitlement that we've created yeah uh, and my own kids too i mean yeah. i'm guilty of it too uh, when you have one hand i don't cut the grass and i don't do yard work mm -hmm. um so my kids don't cut the grass and do yard work mm. because i don't you know, when I grew up, my dad did those things with me, showed me how to do it. Mm. So my my dad comes out and, and, you know, grandpa gets mad that the boys don't know how to start a lawnmower. Um, that's my fault. Right. Um, that's not their fault. So it's it's parents and coaches and, and teachers these days that are different. I, I agree. The same. I mean, you know, and just I've got this talk coming up on the 8th and uh, I put it together and it and it's. Not as popular as I would have wanted to be, but I knew it would be a challenge. And and the reason why it's not as popular is because it hits home for too many people. And what it's about is where are we now with love, marriage, intimacy, and parenting. And those are all the areas where we do not want to go inside and face, <laughs> right? Yeah. We're cool with war. We're cool yeah. with politics. We're cool with arguing about every, everything outside and there and over there and up there. We've been cool with talking about science and outer space when we don't know a lick about it. Yeah. But you talk about those four things, yeah. and all of a sudden people feel like, no, I, I, I don't want to face that. I'm, I'm too happy staring into my phone or making excuses or staring into a computer. And, and that's the result of where, you know, and the reason why I want to do it is not that those other things, the politics and the government and the, and, and the wars and the, the environmental changes and climate change, you know, those things are all important, but the root of them is our kids and our Absolutely. parenting and our households. That's where the breakdown of all those other things are because we're the stewards of this planet and you you create poor stewards, you're going to create a poor plan. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so if, if you're losing that skill set of parenting, which is now generations, just like we've lost the skill set of farming and, and, and the importance of food and the importance of you know cultivating our soil and, you know, all those things yeah. come from appreciation. So when you see a kid throwing, you know, trash out the window of a car or, or leaving it on the beach, that's a parent not teaching them something, yeah. not paying attention. Or when you see a kid not being respectful to an, their elder, that's a parent not, you know, yeah. so these are all breakdowns. So these are things we need to, or when you see parents not paying attention to each other, a kid doesn't know how to pay attention to their 
No, any family, <laughs> go to any yeah. restaurant, any yeah. family these days, yeah. um, you go to any restaurant and the entire family is sitting down staring yeah. at their phones. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll go to a therapist and say, well, we don't communicate. Right, you know, right, right. No kidding. So, um, so the biggest healing that you're doing, it sounds like, is reteaching people how to communicate. Communicate under stress, communicate in success, communicate in all those times yeah. when we just forget that that is the core nature of human interaction is learning how to communicate. Communicate effectively, right? There's, yeah. there's beauty in the basics. Yeah. Um, start, with com start with listening accurately. Um, you know, listening to understand rather than listen to respond. Kids, uh, kids these days, uh, I will say this, and I hate the term, but I will say this, they listen to respond. Mm -hmm. um, you don't even finish what you're saying, and they've already got six questions, or they right. know how to do it better. Right, um, right. Rather yeah. than just listen to understand and process it a bit, um, take a second and process it, yeah. um, and then ask some questions. Yeah. Uh, but no, the, the standard is, uh-huh, got it, uh-huh, got it, you know, mm -hmm. and they're staring at their phone, and no, they don't got it. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, they're, you know, Listen effectively, communicate effectively, and, and keep it simple. You yeah. know, um, I think all of our training, what makes it su successful is um, it, it's not super fancy or super high tech. It, it's it's simple, uh, simple communication, simple listening, um, simple core values. Be physically and mentally tough. Don't make excuses and, and work hard. You right. know, um, do one more. Um, do one more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like it. So we've kept it simple, and um, it, uh, it's it's sticky for most um you know, most teams, most organizations, most individuals, you can focus on those things because they're not long-winded um, tasks to, you know, make a million dollars. Or, right. you know, I love all these guys that write books. They all have these great theories on what to do to be successful. Yeah. Yeah, but how do I go about doing it? Like, yeah, you're telling me this is what I have to do, but how do I go about doing it? Right, how does it apply to me? Yeah, how does it apply to me? Um, so, you know, again, be, be train yourself to be physically and mentally tough. Stop making excuses because right. no one cares about them. Right. And, and work hard. Yeah. And deal with your fears. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, that's the biggest thing. That's what keeps us from achieving our life dreams most of the time. Most of the time, it's yeah. Fear, and and it's and, and life dreams don't always mean a lot of money in the bank because a lot of people have money in the bank, but they don't have the happiness and yeah. the success that they initially envisioned because they were too fearful of going down that route. Absolutely. Um, you know, everyone talks about stepping outside of your comfort zone. You'll hear that in every, you know, every team meeting. Every, um, you know, hey, we have to get outside of our comfort zone. Mm -hmm. But do people really do it? Um, recently, I challenged myself to do it. I've um, the last Ironman I trained for was 2015, and I was uh, I was out on Long Island doing an ocean swim, and I uh, just got this. I wish I could had a better part of the story that something bumped me or I saw a shark or something, but I didn't. But I just got this panic feeling yeah. and uh, anxiety, and my chest tightened up, and um, it was just the conditions of the day were so clear. It just was eerie, and I felt that there was something around me, and I I shot out of the water. Yeah. And I haven't been in since. Mm. Um, so I had to get over that fear. So recently I went uh, shark swimming with uh, shark addicts mm. down here. Wow. Jumped in the ocean with some bull sharks and tiger sharks. And yeah. um, But to so face you your fears. You face it head on. Yeah, yeah. you gotta, you got to be willing to let go. Yeah, so. yeah it's funny. I, you know, I, I had to come in and do this interview with you today. And, and, I, and I woke up this morning. It's the coldest morning we've had thus far. You know, it's just like, you know, it says on the thing, 33 degrees and all that sort of stuff. And... I had planned, I said, you know, I'm going to do my workout, I'm going to do my jujitsu, but it was cold. So I thought, if I go in there today, <laughs> an interview with this man, and I didn't do my workout that I had planned in myself, not that you would know any different, but yeah. I would know, I wouldn't be comfortable with that. Yeah. So I got up, 
put on my sweatshirt. I went out to the gym, and it was six-ish, and I did my workout, and I went and did my jiu-jitsu for 7.30. And I'm here with you, and I feel better for doing it, not because you would know any different, because I would know. And that's the accountability that we're talking about. Yep. And that's the stuff that not only do you you know, just emit and, and inspire just by your sheer presence, but you're doing it for sports people. You're doing it for corporations yeah. and, and all this all over the world. And I thank you for your service. And I thank you for your service now. Continue through this. Tell us about the program and how to find out more about it. Uh, it's, it's online. Um, theprogram.org, www.theprogram.org. And, um, you know, there's an athletic side, a corporate side. Um, you know, we're on Twitter. We currently had a book published, uh, The Program, in September. It's available on Amazon, uh, written by my two teammates, Eric Kapitulik and Jake McDonald. Um, what's great about the book is it's all of our stories uh, with leadership lessons that can be easily reviewed and applied to just about anything. A pretty powerful piece. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, I've got the best job in the world. I work yeah. with the best coaches and athletes and, and teams, be it corporate or, or athletic, in America. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, all around the world at this point. So it's uh, it's pretty awesome. And there are, there are videos on you and, and your personal work with some of these teams and, and stuff on YouTube. Yeah, it, yeah. We're, we're out there quite a you bit. You just look up Sam Sela, C-I-L-A. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, there, there's some stuff I've... Uh, I liked a lot of the feedback. There was some really cool, and you can you can see this yourself, but, you know, yesterday one of our leaders came up to me and said that our session last week was life-changing in this business. It's so difficult to find partners that can help us bring our vision for a program to life. This is what you and your team have done for us. Please extend my gratitude to the entire program team. There's there's tons of these sort of, you know, real firm senses of gratitude deep senses of gratitude from the people that you touch through your work so yeah. um, I'm really fortunate I really truly believe we're the best um, leadership development and team building company in the world yeah. and I think that's because my teammates are, are so passionate about yeah. what we do yeah. who we get to do it with and creating those relationships well it's been a pleasure having you on maximum health quality living thank you Doug. and I hope people out there no matter how big or how small will uh, search you out to improve their teams awesome all right thank you for the next Star Summit talk, Science, Technology, Healing Arts, Renaissance, we ask the question, where are we now with our relationship to love, our relationship to intimacy, to marriage, and to teenagers? It will take place at the Norton Museum of Art on Saturday, February 8th, 2020, 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. Our panelists for this amazing and timely Star Summit talk include Chrissy DeShiel, contemporary jazz, soul, R&B, songwriter, singer on relationship to love, Nicole Prouse, American neuroscientist on relationship to intimacy, Dr. Russell Bourne, clinical psychologist on relationship to marriage, Ruthie Steinberg, Supreme Court certified licensed mental health counselor on relationship to teenagers. You can get your tickets now via eventbrite.com. They're $23.50. We look forward to seeing you there. This has been another Maximum Health uh, Quality Living. If you've missed any portion of this show, it's on Apple Podcasts as well as the Public Radio Exchange. You can reach out to me, Dr. Ken, D-R-K-E-N, at drkengray.com, and that is G-R-E-Y. We'll see you next time. If we lay it down, lay it deep, then we can build high, high. If we see the ruins of our